Swarmer by Todd Noy. Read by me, Dr. Robert A. Wallace. An immersive audio experience. The greatest audiobook ever told. Feel the swarm now at thenoyestate.com. Pants Radio, Australia's least coherent podcast network. Hey, what's up? It's Thomas Nicholas, uh, also known as Kevin from American Pie. And when I'm not going the growl, which I think is better known as the tongue tornado, I'm listening to the total reboot with Cam and Alexi. Welcome to a podcast of gods and monsters. <laughs> Finally, the total reboot. <laughs> the total reboot. Finally, the total reboot boys are back <laughs> in the dark universe. Oh, mama, it's so cold and chilly here in the dark universe. Everything's upside down. Mm-hmm. Everything is like has a dark filter over the top of it. All it, the water looks like oil. It looks like slick oil. It's sickening down here. It's almost as if we were looking at the normal planet Earth mm. with a logo on it or sure, something. Sure, say if it had like the word universal yeah. written across it. Yeah, because the Earth is a universe, basically. Basically. smaller or something. Yeah. And then it's like we're looking at that. Yeah. It's turning you like it's turning normal. As I know, the earth does rotate. Hang on a second, it's flipping upside down, and yeah. now the world is covered in dark universe matter. And it's terrifying, but we're happy to be back here. Yeah, we're excited to be back here. It's scary because there was a time not so long ago where we thought we would never get to go back into the dark universe. Yeah. We thought the dark universe was done, dusted, and dead as a dormouse. <laughs> the most dead animal one could imagine. <laughs> but lucky for us, we are back this week, next week, and the following for a mini-series yep. all about what? Well, it is all about the Invisible Man. That's right. That's uh, right. This mini-series is presented by Prodigium.com. <laughs> Prodigium.com, of course, an investor into... A, an investigator into the sciences of the dark universe. Mm-hmm. They discovered Swamp Man, they discovered um, Draculus, they discovered Mumus, <laughs> they discovered it all. Yeah. All the crazy stuff. And, you know, we thank um, our incredible mentor, uh, Dr. Jekyll there, mm-hmm. who is really an exciting mind into everything fucked up in this world. Yeah. They, for those of you not familiar with Prodigium, they're kind of like S.H.I.E.L.D. from the MCU. But <laughs> imagine if... Um, uh, instead of like collecting superheroes to fight evil, they collected evil to fight. To fight maybe I evil. guess maybe more evil, different well, kind of evil. <laughs> it's an open book at the we moment. We don't really still. know what was going to happen with Prodigium mm-hmm. because the Dark Universe opened and closed with the Mummy, starring Thomas Cruise Mapatha. Yep. We never got to see what was coming up in next. I believe next on the slate was The Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. And then after that, there was going to be The Invisible Man, uh-huh. starring Jonathan Depp. Johnny Depp, one of the actors in Hollywood available mm. for hire to be appear in motion pictures, controversial otherwise, and also many boring movies. But <laughs> right. well, we never got to see that. <laughs> yeah. And it wasn't until a year and a half ago that it was announced that yep. Bloomhouse, Jason Bloom's uh-huh. company, were picking up where Tommy Cruise Mapatha left off. And Roberto Orsi, I believe, or Alex Kurtzman, one of those fellas. It was fellas. Kurtzman. It was Kurtzman. It was Kurtzman. Um, sorry, and sorry. Uh... rebooting the Dark Universe... Yeah to tap into that vein of Universal Monsters mm-hmm. again. Because they are like an undying characters of Hollywood. Like sure. they Many of them truly are undying. Uh, they are undead, much mm. like Dracula, Mummy. Um... Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious. <laughs> Vin Diesel from Fast and Furious. <laughs> he's uh, Vin a, Diesel he's technically part of the 
Universal yeah. Monsters. Honestly, it would be sick if like Dark Universe hooked up with Fa- Fast and Furious. <laughs> like they're just like, okay, Fast and Furious Eleven. Okay, what are we gonna do? I guess we have to kill Dracula this time. Yeah, Dracula, and then at the end, <laughs> spoiler <laughs> alert: yeah. the T Rex from Jurassic World comes in. <laughs> the Indominus Rex comes back. Yeah, the Indoraptor is part of it. For and sure. Vin Diesel hooks up with Sophia Butella as the mummy, trying to bring back his dearest friend. <laughs> Paul Walker in real life. <laughs> <laughs> we, were so, we feel very lucky because when um, mm. when it was announced they were making The Invisible Man yep. again as part of this Bloomhouse Dark Universe, yep. one of our very own Australian filmmakers. Someone that we truly like, really look up to as yep. a filmmaker because he's like the Lee Winnell who's directing the new Invisible Man mm. film. He's someone that has had like the coolest and best journey and like also a very real journey to becoming like a top filmmaker Mm. he started out as an actor but also he was a true shit kicker like working on sets and stuff like there's all these stories of him like literally going up the ranks working on these small films and stuff yeah he was on uh, recovery on ABC which is like a morning yeah doing movie (laughs) reviews for this morning kind of like pop culture show Mm. literally when I look at his career I can see that I've done similar jobs to him and you have too and I go, geez, fucking Christ, it's possible. Maybe we could make the Dark Universe. Yeah, maybe I could come in and, like, you know, direct um, uh, Phantom of the Opera, but freaky and modern day Phantom of... Uh, it's Phantom of Lady Phantom Gaga. Phantom of the rock opera. <laughs> it's rock. It's rock. Oh, it's a hip opera. <laughs> it's about Lin-Manuel Miranda with a fucked up face, I think, is what I'm trying to pitch to you guys right now. He's got a fucked up head. <laughs> and he's rapping about his fucked up head and he was in love with his hot woman. <laughs> But we were stoked when we found out Lee mm. Winnell was um, making the new one because he's been behind some of the great mm. horror thriller films of the last like decade and a half. He really. co-created Saw with James Wan, another mm-hmm. great Australian filmmaker. And mm-hmm. then he worked on Insidious. I mean, he, I think he directed Insidious 3 was his debut directorial yeah. film. Yep. And then he made this incredible, like, incredible action movie called Upgrade. A couple of years ago, I've got a beautiful edition sitting on my shelf right behind us. Yeah, it's on prominent display here yeah. in Blu-ray Studios. It's just like, if you've never seen Upgrade and you like this podcast where you like inventive uh, takes on like, inventive takes on genre pictures there's nothing better than Upgrade because it's this sci-fi action thriller made on this very low lean budget and what they're able to pull off and the way the action is filmed is pretty sensational it's about uh, a man who becomes paralyzed and then like a computer chip is inserted into his head or a computer computer technology is inserted into him and he has like an an AI being in his head that can kind of control his body and it's uh, really it's a really really taut great thriller and it's just uh, it made me very excited for whatever Lee Winnell does next and what he is doing next is Invisible Man Mm, and full disclosure we've seen it We've seen it already, and we loved it so much that yeah. we're like, we should actually do an Invisible Man miniseries. Yeah, and that is where we are right now. Yeah, so this week we're discussing The Invisible Man, the classic universal monster movie from 1933, directed by James Whale. Hmm. Had you ever seen this one before? No. But I'm... You... Uh, have you seen... What are the Universal Monsters you've seen? Because I know we did Swamp... Uh, Creature in the Black Lagoon together. I've seen that back one. In black, back in I've the seen days. Frankenstein. Frankenstein. I've seen... Uh, what's the other one we watched? <clears throat> did we watch... Um, the Mummy. The Mummy. I've seen yeah. The Mummy. Yeah, we yeah, did yeah. The Mummy. Boris Karloff. Yeah. That's it. And now this one. And I remember when I, I got back into Frankenstein and Universal Monsters around the time we were doing The Mummy mm. on this podcast, because I love that era. I love those movies. And I remember I was talking about James Whale, because he did Frankenstein, he did this, he did Bride of Frankenstein, a few other like horror, kind of black comedy horror films. There's another great one called The Old Dark House that he did that's really funny and weird. Sounds scary. It's scary. It's got Boris Karloff coming back, basically doing a riff on his Frankenstein character hmm. as like this like demented butler. <laughs> very, it's very, I think James <laughs> Well has become one of my favorite horror film directors because he's like the first guy to basically do it and invent the game, but also kind of like subvert things as well. Cause he's like makes these, he makes them funny and scary 
But like you would never think of like Frankenstein being a comedy, but then you watch it, it's like, oh, there's like sick jokes in it. There's like really funny comedy character moments in it. And then The Invisible Man is no exception to that. It's like more so than all the others, I'd say, <laughs> as we get into it. It's crazy. Uh, yeah, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but there were parts where I was like, have I accidentally put on the Abbott and Costello? <laughs> Abbott and Costello meets The Invisible, Invisible Man. Man. It's like... It's out there. It's, it's out there. It's very out there. And I remember when I was talking about James Well, you put me onto this movie that I didn't really know about uh. apart from like, you know, when you look back at Oscar years and seeing the nominations. And there's this movie called Gods and Monsters about the life of James Whale. Yeah, I saw it years and years ago before I'd seen any of these films. I think it was just because I was a big Fraser head. Brendan Fraser's yeah, here. Yeah. Old Toss Salad and Scrambled Eggs himself, <laughs> Brendan Fraser. <laughs> Stalwart of the Universal Monsters franchise. <laughs> yeah, and I just I loved him. I watched that movie. You mm. what did you like that film? Yeah, I really mm. liked it. It's him and James Wells played by Ian McKellen. Sir Ian. Sir so, so sorry. I'm so, so, so sorry. Gus the theatre cat himself. Yeah. <laughs> Gus the theatre cat himself, the world's greatest acting cat, Ian McKellen. Uh, he plays James Whale, and it's kind of about how the later years of his life, how he was kind of like pushed away from Hollywood, um, which is an interesting story in itself because he was like, he'd made some really great movies, like those horror films that we already mentioned. And the movie that he was really looking forward to making was um, the sequel to. Uh, all Quiet on the Western Front. And so he he made the film, but there was like so much studio involvement, so much studio meddling, uh, like from Precious, from, you know, the soon-to-be Nazi Germany and stuff like that as well. Mm. And uh, they basically butchered the film, made it more slapstick, whereas he wanted it to be like his big magnum opus. And it failed terribly. He was kind of forced out of Hollywood. And, uh, and also, like, with it's also involved with complications of him being like a, a very open gay man in an mm. era in Hollywood where that was not as not as done as it is today, like, especially is it out to the public the way that he was. Mm. And so it's about the later years of his life. It's this wonderful picture. It's very sad as well. It's about how he's got these complications from a stroke and living with pain and, like, immense pain. But it's a wonderful movie. If you like these horror films, it's an interesting look into seeing who makes them. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's nice. It's a nice movie. Yeah. And it leaves me thinking, like, what if we got to get a Dark Universe where Brennan Fraser oh, was in gosh. it. Honestly, oh my God, how is that not what they did? I don't, you just opened my fucking ass <laughs> to this idea. Where I'm like, why did they, they made the freaking new mummy a shitty adventure movie. Mm. They already had three sick adventure movie mummies. Mm-hmm. Just get him to come back and he's like, okay, I'm on a new adventure. And he like goes, holy shit, now I'm in like freaking Russia. And there's like this <laughs> I, this guy who used to be a, a tormentor. And now he's a Ivan's worse than terrible. He's Dracula. <laughs> Vlad's no longer just an impaler. He's an inhaler of blood. Oh, whoa. Okay, that's a good tagline. Yeah, that's what I would... <laughs> Dracula. Vlad's no longer just an impaler. He's an inhaler, dot, 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 of blood. What? I'm going to watch this movie. <laughs> I love this Vlad. Yeah. So let's go back. Let's look at the original Invisible Man from 1933. The oldest fucking movie we've ever covered on this podcast. <laughs> Crazy to know who I am, aren't you? All right, I'll show you. There's a souvenir for you. And one for you. I'll show you who I am and what I am. <laughs> Look, he's all eaten away. Huh? How do you like that, eh? <laughs> <laughs> The Invisible Man from 1933, directed by James Whale. Carl O'Malley Jr. presents H.G. Wells' Fantastic Sensation, is the tagline to this movie. (laughs) Working in Dr. Cranley's laboratory, scientist Jack Griffin was always given the latitude to conduct some of his own experiments. His sudden departure, however, has Cranley's daughter Flora worried about him. Griffin has taken a room at the nearby Lion's Head Inn, hoping to reverse an experiment he conducted on himself that made him invisible. 
but the experimental drug has also warped his mind, making him aggressive and more dangerous. He's prepared to do whatever it takes to restore his appearance. Hmm. Whatever it takes, huh? Yeah. Jeez, I hope things don't take a turn for the dark. <laughs> well, it sounds like they might. Jeez Louise. This is it's a this is a really interesting movie. Like because you know it's end of review. Yeah, end of review. <laughs> <laughs> it's a really interesting invisible movie. Okay, if you like invisible movies, you might be interested in this one. <laughs> but it's like when you look back at these like Universal Monster movies, I think they always defy your expectations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I think with this one was one that I was kind of less familiar with. I'd seen it before years ago, but especially going back into it was like I didn't really remember much about it apart from like the stunning effects, which are still to this day like a Marvel to watch, like mm. a Marvel movie to watch is what I mean. Because <laughs> you're like, they have a superpower. <laughs> Yeah, I have to admit, I was not looking forward to watching this, even though we were really pumped after watching the uh, Lee Winnell one. And I was like, I can't wait to go back and check out this movie. Mm. The moment I had to actually sit down and watch, I was like, fuck, I forgot I'm watching an old 1933 movie. Where things were shit back then. Things things were a bit sadder. Everyone was living in the depression. Back in the 1930s. Like, life was shitter. No iPhone. (laughs) Definitely no iPhone. Definitely. As far as I can tell, they had no iPhone. Maybe iPod. They might have had iPod Nano, maybe Max. Yeah. A shuffle with no screen. Definitely no screen on the shuffle. Just a stupid little (laughs) fucking square. A little fucking wheel. With a wheel on it. Listen to three seconds of a song to go, okay. I don't want to listen to this song. I want to put on Jet. Are you going to be my girl? Are you going to be my girl? Yeah. Like, life was shit back then. They didn't even know how to make movies. They hadn't even, like. Yeah. There was no Scorsese. No, he didn't teach them what Try to wrap like your brain that. around that. Can you imagine a world without Scorsese? Heck, I can't. Let me try. No, I can't. Yeah, too sad. <laughs> too sad to think about. <laughs> but that's what these people were living in. Mm-hmm. That was their reality. No Scorsese, no Wayne's World. No Wayne's World 2 even. <laughs> like, I can imagine seeing living a world without Wayne's World, but Wayne's World 2? <laughs> Come off it. I don't even know. Absolutely come off it, dude. It's like really crazy. Anyway, all right, I'm sitting down to watch this thing. Not really that keen. And you've got to like contextualize, okay, they don't even know what Wayne Stock is here. (laughs) (laughs) They don't know Wayne Stock. They They don't don't know know, like the Mirthmobile. Like they don't get that little invention that Garth has where he's got like red rope licorice on the roof of the Mirthmobile and cuts it off and eats it. They don't know extreme close-up. Yeah, they they would they laugh at it? Don't know. Don't I don't think even so. think they've got fucking actual extreme close-ups invented <laughs> yet. So they, they only have extreme wide, only yeah. extreme wide shot, extreme wide shot, and maybe camera move for three seconds. Yeah, yeah. They've got pan. <laughs> they've got pan, and they've got maybe dolly. They've got maybe dolly. I think they've invented deep focus. Mm, and then they're mm. like, deep focus? What's that? And I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to focus deeply on mm. this film because yeah. I don't know if I'm going to be able to get through it. It's yes. too old. Too I hate old. old things. I hate old people. <laughs> <laughs> the greatest generation, more like the lame suck fest generation, yeah. okay? F off. F off. I've seen lemonparty.org. F Scott Fitzgerald <laughs> off. F. Scott Fitzgerald? Yeah, F. Scott Fitzgerald. I barely know Scott Fitzgerald. You're about F. Scott Fitzgerald. I'm about F. Gary Gray, okay? (laughs) Who's your favourite F? F. Scott Fitzgerald, (laughs) F. Murray Abraham. Oh, my God. Or F. Gary Gray. Gray. God, I would have to say F. Murray Abraham. I hardly know Murray Abraham. (laughs) (laughs) You're telling me to F this guy? Because he's your favourite? God, okay. Okay, I will. <laughs> I'm going to F this man. <laughs> I'm going to F this freaking... I'm going to F this Salieri man over this here. This freaking character actor. I'm going to F this beloved character actor who never got his due after winning a well-deserved Oscar. Is he a Jew? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that because I'm friends with several. Woody Allen. <laughs> Sun Yi, I believe she converted. <laughs> I'm close with Sun Yi, that's the truth. <laughs> How long have you been friends with Sun Yi? Me for? and Sun Yi go well back into the 1990s. She used to babysit me, I think. Far out. Yeah, but we, like, when I go to New York, we go hang out. 
What do you guys go? Magnolia, Magnolia Bakery. Bakery. <laughs> <laughs> Magnolia Bakery, yeah. get the cupcakes, Shake yeah, Shack. Yeah. We go Shake Shack. She buys a bit of concrete. You ever go to the deli, like Katz's? Yes, or... Katz's Deli. We go there every time. And I go, can I get the Sunyi? She got a sandwich named after her there. Wow, that's yeah. awesome. I often would say, if I was you, I'd say, I'll have what she's having. Oh, my God. That's funny. That's incredibly funny. Yeah, it's just something you can say. If it's you're... In, If you're sitting in the right chair at the right place mm-hmm. in that deli, mm-hmm. and, and it and would you... mean that like, they, the guys there would be like, very good. They That's would think it's good. really funny. That's funny. Official. That's funny. You're cast in the movie. Yeah. Yeah. When, <laughs> when Cammy met Sun Yi. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, we're talking about The Invisible Man, 1933. Do we have to go to Sun Yi for longer? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, I, um, I was surprised mm. because when it started, it's um, a totally different tone to what I thought it was going to yes. be. Yes. Because you kind of think it's going to be like that Dracula mm-hmm. type thing. Gothic horror. Gothic horror, very slow. Mm. Like Because, you know, back then it's like, what's how do they build tension apart from like building to something big through slowly? Sure. And then you see this and it's like, tonally, it's really kind of wild. It's wacky, dude. First of all, it's um, it's like, I didn't know that it was going to be that era of um, like, Kind of funny Monty Python esque mm. Cockney yeah. <laughs> accents. Yeah. So everyone starts talking and they're like, I'm immediately cracking up. Mm. And I don't know if I'm supposed to be, yeah. but um, I'm immediately like, this is so different. I, th- I was expecting dark, brooding slowness. Mm. And then the first bits of dialogue on screen are like, Hello, who's this then? Yeah. I'd like a room. Uh, give me a room in this hotel. It's oh, I'm going to take your bags upstairs <laughs> for your lobby. There is no exaggeration to what Cameron's <laughs> doing. There is this actress in the movie called Una O'Connor who plays like the the owner, the co-owner of this hotel mm. who sounds exactly like Terry Jones. Terry Jones Rest character. Rest in peace. Rest in peace, Terry. Hope you're catching up with Una up in heaven right now. <laughs> exactly like Terry Jones playing a woman. Yeah. Um... I laugh so hard when she pops on screen because she like, he rings the bell, the invisible man rings a bell at the hotel, ding, and then she like pops her head around the corner Mm. and she makes a noise when she does it. She has like, oh, like, who's that then? And then she like comes out, she's like, oh, we haven't got room at this time of night. (laughs) There's never been a character with less of an internal monologue than her, (laughs) where she's just saying every thought that pops in her head, whether it's a word or a sound. I suppose we can get you a room upstairs. Just. Go through that door and I'll take your bag up for you. <laughs> no, I'll take my bag. <laughs> and it's like, uh, it's, it's like the whole first part of the movie is like this comedy of manners almost set yeah. in this hotel. Yeah. Of like him, this absolute grump of an invisible man living in the room and everyone else being like stressed out by him. So, so just to paint the picture, everyone. Uh, uh, it's in black and white. So imagine color and yeah. then strip the saturation back. You uh-huh. can do it on Instagram. You, you can, can do go it to like saturation. You pull it all the way to the left. Pull it all the way back. You That's can flip kind of, it on or off. If everyone wants to quickly open up Instagram. Yep. Put a, put a follow, recent picture in there. Go at to I am Cameron James at This Is Alexi <laughs> while you're there. Follow us. Yeah. Follow us. We put up some funny stuff up yeah. there. Now put a picture in. Go to edit, drag the saturation mm-hmm. all the way to the left. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That's what this whole movie looks like. And you're like, wow, I didn't know they had the tech to do that back then. Uh, bitch, it's the only tech they had back then. <laughs> <laughs> they didn't have the tech to do the opposite. Yeah, they couldn't go, okay, let's put the saturation in. It's like, uh, what are you talking about? Saturated fats? We don't even have those yet. We've only got regular fats. That's dominant. We don't even have him yet. He's like a, that's dominant. He's a yeah. bub. He's not even a fucking musician yet. He's a little fat baby. Yeah. He's a freaking fats like checker. <laughs> or chubby checker. We don't even have we him. We don't even have him yet. We don't even have checkers. <laughs> we don't have checkers. We only have chess. Yeah, and it's fucking dull, bitch. Well, it's hate boring. It. Like, we can't wait for someone to invent checkers because it's faster. Faster, funnier, it's got better noises. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, it's black and white. Also, it's a blizzardy night, so imagine mm. even more white. Yeah, right? yeah. And the Invisible Man enters. He's not invisible. We don't know he's invisible, except we do, because we've seen the title we've of the movie. We've seen the title of the movie. We're familiar with history of film. We're living yeah. in a present day. We know Wayne's World but 2, if you, so we can go back. If you like... didn't know Wayne's World 2 or anything like that, yeah. you watch this movie... 
The man walks in. He's wrapped head to toe in bandages. And he's got this ugly ass nose poking out he's of his head. He's got this fake wooden sort of nose poking out. Mm-hmm. He's got big cool glasses that cool I glasses. want. Yeah, I could see you rocking those. And big and hat. bandages. <laughs> and a big hat. And your first thought might be, okay, is the mummy back? Yeah. Or is this guy just some guy who's been in a real fucked up accident? Yeah. And that's kind of exactly what all the patrons of the hotel yeah. are thinking too. They don't think there's an invisible man. They think... This guy's fucked up from an accident. What happened? They're all curious about him. They want to know. So they're all gossiping amongst each other. It's building this really interesting sense of intrigue. Yeah, what happened to him? I reckon he was in an explosion. I reckon Mm. he was in a car accident. We don't even have cars. (laughs) He was in an awesome bucky accident. (laughs) He was in a tuk-tuk that fell astray. And also, he's being very rude. Mm. He's very rude. He's snippy. He's persnippity. He's snappity. He's snoopity. He goes upstairs. They give him a room. Oh! All right, come this way up the staircase. Come this way, okay. And much like the joke in Young Frankenstein where he says, walk this way. Mm. And then he begins to walk much like Eagle. He starts whacking himself. (laughs) He whacks off. Yeah. He says, lucky I've got these bandages to sop it up. (laughs) And you're like, wow, this is cutting edge stuff. I can't believe this is happening. Yeah, this must be pre-code or something. (laughs) Pre-code? Pre-comp, at the very least. (laughs) Pre-chode. (laughs) <laughs> so he gets a room and then, uh, you know, everyone's wondering, what, mm. who is this guy? What's his deal? What's yep. The woman, this crazy Terry Jones woman, realizes she's forgot to bring him up yeah. some mustard for his meal. So she Which runs Which is, back, back in, in the a, 30s, one of the biggest problems you could have. It's a huge faux pas. It's a faux pas. This is pre-war. Oh, God, I forgot his mustard. <laughs> Good gracious. I'm going to get a minus one on Yelp. A 1930s equivalent of Yelp. We don't even have that yet. <laughs> it's just a man going on the street and yelping. <laughs> Yelps. Don't go in there. <laughs> I can't handle that. My business needs everyone. So she runs back up the stairs with the mustard, bursts in the room, very mm. rude, and she catches a glimpse. Yep. Of the bottom half of his face without the bandages off. And that's the first clue that we get as yep. an audience that this guy is invisible. He's invisible. And such a wonderful moment because we're seeing him unwrap his unwrap his face. He's unwrapping the bandages. And you just kind of see through to the other side of the bandages. Mm. And How'd then- they do that? For that one, the, we'll talk about the effects now because they're stunning in this yeah. movie. Especially before Wayne Stock, like to get film stock to do shit like this crazy (laughs) but in this one i believe this one is they've got his hands uh but i think that for this shot it's different to the rest because the only time that you can see through there's two bits where you can see through yeah um, there's that one, and then there's the one where he takes his glasses off, and yes. you can see the back of the bandages. On back, the back of the of bandages. Head. So I would guess that this time they've got like a wire cage kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of what I thought. The too. bandages are wrapping Model, around like a head shaped wire cage. Yeah, a head shaped wire cage because this was also the first uh, instance, like or first big mainstream instance of like casts being made of a actor's head. <clears throat> so Claude Rains was like uh, the actor that plays the Invisible Man. He uh, had his like a plaster mold done of his face mm. to uh, help do some more special effects later. So I think that this would be uh, they would make a cage around the shape of his face to kind of fit in and be able to take the bandages off. There's other instances where uh, the Invisible Man is when the Invisible Man's completely invisible. Mm. Uh, that, when he's finally shed all the bandages. When he's shed all the bandages and clothes. Yes, this is a movie about a naked yeah. man running around. At the end of the day, that is what this is about. <laughs> this is a movie about a naked. <laughs> Choted man running around, running a buck. But um, when that's happening, obviously that's all wires. Like that's wires and stuff, like to make objects levitate. Uh, but then there's other ones where it's more specific, where either it's like when he's lighting a cigarette or something, mm-hmm. and you're seeing like the lighter do the entire movement of things, or um, when there's like he's wearing pajamas, which the other yeah. man often does in this movie <laughs> yeah. to go to bed. He wears pajamas. But, and it's like, why are you modest now? Yeah, you're modest. You've been sprinting around in the nud. <laughs> through the snow. Through the snow with your little schlongus <laughs> flipping and flopping about, probably. Oh, in the snow, probably the guy's full pin dick mode. Yeah. The guy's yeah, in the yeah, snow. Yeah, yeah. It's making less noise, at least, so he can be stealth mode. <laughs> He's if going stealth mode. it was a hot mode. day, we'd, we'd hear him coming a mile away. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on. <laughs> I can hear clapping getting closer and closer to me. <laughs> What's that wet clap? What's that soggy, saggy clap I hear coming, <laughs> jumping at me right now? 
in in the winter, it's full pindic mode. You're just seeing badoink, badoink, badoink. That's it. And it's very quiet. And Claude Rains, beautiful actor, one of the great character actors ever. He's a very stout man. So I'm imagining it's like Viggo Mortensen, fully nud in, in Eastern Promises, where he's got that little sauna shotgun of a little, a little snub nose. I think we're the only podcast to ever accuse Claude Rains of having a pin dick. A little snub-nosed, silence is off, sort of shotgun. It's nice to know that someone can be, like, basically a a golden age Mm. uh, idol of cinema, and then nearly a hundred years later, (laughs) two people can accuse you of having a pin <laughs> having a pinner publicly well he's like one of the great like so, uh, like one of the great early uh sound film actors mm. and you can tell he's got this you can beautiful hear voice you can hear the sound of this movie which is exciting must be new development for these guys <laughs> but he's in supporting role i think oscar winner for casablanca wow. he says that famous line at the end of the movie i think this is going to be cool for us to be friends one day he says add me on facebook yeah chuck me a follow Chuck me a follow, follow back. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia, Notorious, which is a great uh, Alfred Hitchcock film. Mm-hmm. The Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, Invisible Man, uh, The Adventures of Robin Hood. He plays the Sheriff of Nottingham. Oh, Robin. Basically, he mm. invented that. Mm. Uh, uh, the Wolfman, he's in The Wolfman. He's in now Voyager. He's also in The Phantom of the Opera, the other Universal Monster mm. movie. He was the, the Wolfman. Wolf- was he the Wolfman in No. Wolfman. The Wolfman in oh, Wolfman. Oh, that was Lon, Lon Chaney Jr. Chaney Jr. And he right. plays yeah. like Wolfman's man cub friend, I guess. I don't know. He's <laughs> just a buddy of his. Uh, but <laughs> lots of classic, great, great films. And um, he was a Cockney man. He grew up with an extremely strong you know it. accent. You would not know it. And he he was one of those families, extremely working class, po- living in poverty families. Charlie Bucket. Absolutely Charlie Bucket. The, Full Charlie Bucket. Let me tell you, I'm going to tell you something that's going to sound crazy and then it's going to sound sad. So he grew up in a family. His dad was also an actor, also not like, you know, back in the day. You can't, they didn't even have fucking movies when this guy was an actor. You could only act in like on the street, on, the street, on a play. Maybe vaudeville shit. Vaudeville shit. You fall over on a stage. Everyone and everyone's laughs. like, this is the funniest shit I've ever seen. My sides are splitting. I'm throwing a child across the screen or something. Yeah. And so he it lived in poverty. He was one of 12 siblings. Ugh. Only two made it. Ugh. Not in Hollywood, full stop. <laughs> Very sad. Only two made it. Only one made it in Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. Those stats are low. <laughs> but um, And so he had like this extremely strong Cockney accent, like mm. crazy. So he went through what like voice like? training. Oh, it's me <laughs> in it. <laughs> It's me, Claude Rains. <laughs> I'm Claude Rains, in it? Booyaka shot. <laughs> Westside Massive, in it? Oh, Borat, stop it. You've been a bloody nonsense, ain't you? You're making nonsense, Borat. And we got the frog and toad, that means road. <laughs> Oh, Bruno, leave me alone. <laughs> and other characters that Sasha Baron Cohen plays. Such as the Israeli militant guy from <laughs> Welcome to America. And Sweeney Todd himself. Demon Barber of Fleet Street, why don't you give me a little chop? <laughs> so so he, was, he went to voice training. Yeah, he went to Man, voice training. Man, he has training. a beautiful voice. He is, and his voice is like the key to this movie. So It's butter. It's like butter. His voice is like butter. It's like butter. But they originally, when they were making this movie, it, Boris Karloff was originally cast yeah. as Invisible Man. The guy has a voice like freaking blue cheese, not like butter. He has a voice like two wet turds <laughs> slapping against each other. Which is a sound the Invisible Man could make. <laughs> <laughs> because one of the other things that's real about the Invisible Man in this movie is that when he, he after he eats, it can't be seen because you can see the food <clears throat> digesting in him. That sounds like Alexi's <laughs> making that up. That is 
fucking there's three minutes of the movie dedicated to him explaining that. Yeah, where he's like, okay, ah, when I go outside after a meal, I have to make sure I'm covered up, otherwise you will see undigested food floating through the air. <laughs> and they're like, okay, dude, hey, do you need shit right now? Hey, Invisible Man, any chance you need to take a dump? <laughs> no, I would just say that. Well, I can see like a loose kind of stool floating around in front of me. There's a loose stool. It's thickening in some places. It's thinning out in others, but it's very upsetting. <laughs> But the crazy thing is, I can't smell it. I'm seeing turds floating in the middle of the world right now. But because it's encased in your skin, which yes. I can't see oil at all, can't see your ribcage, can't see anything, but I'm clearly seeing a digestional tract churning and buttering everything up, but I can't smell it. I think that's the biggest fucking mistake of this movie. Why would they put that in there? <laughs> I don't know. They didn't because... need to. Like, I accept it in this world that whatever yeah. goes inside the Invisible Man is also invisible yeah. too. And you were like, I hope to become invisible one day using that practice. Because then, and then to have him go, well, if I if I go outside after a meal, everyone can see digested food going through my system. I was like, what? Well, hang on. Then surely we can also see urine yeah. splashing around. In <laughs> no, urine bridle. is invisible in me. It's water <laughs> after all. You can't see through it. Blood, semen, everything. Well, blood is like, that goes invisible because he injects himself with invisible True, stuff, true, true. Serum. But why do we need to know about his fucking loose turds? I guess because around? that doesn't absorb at all. We it don't need to know up. about it is what I'm saying. It's I not think relevant it's just to the like story. The old it co- never comes back to play. <laughs> They're never like, there he is! And you see, like, three a shits. A scone floating around in here. It never comes into play. It's just some weird thing that they decided they needed to explain. I reckon it would have been, like, literally cinema sins of the era, the 1930s, as someone that, like, makes these, like, m- these mean videos. Like, well, here's sin number one. The invisible man, if we are to believe that he can be invisible, why is he clothed at all? Well... It's explained in this because he's clothed because you don't want to see this shit brewing in his belly. <laughs> it's the only way the Invisible Man could hide the turds that float within him. Oh, it's really... Anyway, I was upsetting. So, yeah, that is true. That, that is, is true. true. It's a fact. We didn't lie. Uh, Cameron, let's take a quick little break. Let's do it. And lose our turds our own self. <laughs> Before we get into the review, I just want to push you guys in the direction of a fantastic project that one of you listening to this right now is behind your fellow Jungle Baby, your fellow Reboot Rat, Dominic Archer, has been a listener to us for a very long time, a very passionate listener of this podcast, uh, who is also a very passionate and talented comic books person. They have been responsible for some great little comic books that they've sent me over the last year or so uh and this project that they are trying to get made through kickstarter they need your help with it and it sounds like a freaking awesome project that i just know is going to tickle your fancy because i know what you guys like this is a new comic book called a boxer and the way dominic describes this is the premise is a young boxer on the path to title glory struggles with his identity as a gay man and the high pressure world of combat sports Now I hear that and I know that I want to see that and the only way that I'm going to get to see that is if we all get behind it and back it. Dominic has told me that he's been really inspired by finding Drago and that was kind of like the big kind of little gave him the little germ of the idea for where this one would start and it means the world to me to think that Cameron and I with like the silly podcasts that we make and the amount of effort that we put into them can somehow out there inspire another one of our listeners to be able to make something um definitely it's going to be better than anything that we've made it looks amazing the kickstarter is a boxer you can google it as a boxer kickstarter or you can just look in the show notes for this show i've got a little hyperlink ready for you to click on through and donate uh they do need all the help that you can give so if you can if you can spare it definitely put a few bucks in there to get yourself a copy of the a boxer when it does get made and good luck dominic i can't wait to see this project it sounds amazing the art looks incredible and I wish you all the best with it, mate. I think it's going to be freaking amazing. Some more about the effects of this movie, because they are cutting edge of this time. I've seen crazier shit now. Mm -hmm. I've seen freaking Black Panther fight another Black Panther. I've seen crazier shit in bank ads. Oh, yeah. There's bank ads right now where there's people that don't look like humans. And I'm like, I don't know how they did this. How did they get that meerkat to talk? Yeah, it's exciting. And put on a suit. I think they... If you showed that 
to people back in 1933, they'd shit. They'd, and you'd see it floating. <laughs> uh, so, uh, some of the effects stuff, the way that he did stuff where he's wearing like pajamas or whatever, mm. like he does love wearing in this movie, <laughs> it's uh, shot on like a proto green screen stuff, but it's the way they did it because they didn't have like keying out technology. The way they had to do it was um, black velvet drapes. And then the actor would have to wear like a black velvet morph suit mm. and then like whatever they're wearing over the top. So then they could superimpose it onto the other the other film. Mm-hmm. So that's why it's like, you know, it's not, it doesn't look exact when it's like that stuff's happening. Yeah, it's a little bit transparent. A little transparent, but it's all about like, um, it's all about like b- being able to kind of take that one image and superimpose it on the other. Mm. Uh, and then there's another great effect in this movie that's like the climax effect of this film where the Invisible Man goes out running nud, full nud mode, full <laughs> snub nose out of the snow. <laughs> and um, they're able to track him down because they can see his footprints in the snow. Mm. And uh, the way that they achieved that effect, because I was like, how did they do that? Mm. I couldn't even figure it out. The way they did it, they had... Um, basically, they had a platform that they covered in snow, and then they had like these footprint-shaped uh, grooves. That's in what it I was wondering. That and they, they could fall down. They could yep. pull them down, <clears throat> so it would look like that he was running. Mm. And I was like, "That's such a like genius little move to figure that out." Yeah, that was very cool. Yeah, and oh, back to the casting about Claude Rains. He uh, so Karloff was originally put in, and like you know, he doesn't have Karloff's a brilliant monster actor. Probably the best, but Up it wasn't there with like Brad Garrett. Uh, <laughs> of course, Brad Garrett. He's like he is a monster. Yeah, he could do any of these monster roles. <laughs> Whatever Brad Garrett's in, he's playing Frankenstein's. The monster. great monster actors: Boris Karloff, Bella Lugosi, Brad Garrett, and Billy Crystal as Mike Wazowski, <laughs> the monster from Monsters Incorporated. <laughs> but uh, he just like he wasn't the right fit. So Claude Rains. Uh, had audition and James Whale heard his voice from another room and was like, that voice is what I need in this mm. movie. I need that voice. Because he had like this beautifully well-trained theatrical voice and could convey so much with it, especially in an era where it's like, I, I when I was watching this again, I was like, I think Claude Rains is so good in this because it's like you see some of like the iconic non-facial performances and like now we've got like a great many actors that uh, specialize in that like your Andy Serkis's mm-hmm. or your um, Doug Jones from like the Pan's Labyrinth and other movies by Guillermo del Toro where it's like costumed performances mocap performances but you know even like the 1970s someone like Darth Vader it's like you, you wish that there was a better actor in that costume like mm. not to shit on that movie and to shit on like this classic character but it's like if there was a more well-trained physical actor in that costume, mm. I think the menacing of that character could be even bigger than it already is. Mm. And it's weird to see someone like Claude Rains, who's like this great actor, doing all that stuff that we consider very modern, of like creating a physical performance and a vocal performance with this character and having them separate but then intertwined in this way, mm. where it's like his voice captures like that manic energy that this <laughs> the Invisible Man captures, where it's like it's funny because he's kind of like this nutter who becomes like a rapscallion who like wants to become this powerful man but it's also just like he is fully nuts. Like he's gone crazy. He goes full Joker. Yeah, absolutely. At a certain point. I didn't really expect that. Mm. I kind of thought it was going to be just this menacing, quiet character who's stalking around and mm-hmm. then every now and then talks in a kind of dark and doomy way. But he yeah. is, it's like a, if the Joker was invisible. He's cackling yeah. nonstop. Like he's loving pitch. it. <laughs> yeah. It's it's a great vocal performance. Great vocal performance. Brocal. That's when bros do very <laughs> vocal performances. Yeah, and this guy is a bro of the highest order. <laughs> but and it captures like this energy like the energy of it is so funny because it wavers between all these things. Like there's moments where he's like sensitive and talking to his like his fiance and stuff, played by Gloria Stewart, who is the old biddy from Titanic. That's how old this movie is, is that she's like this young starlet and the movie that we know her in is she plays the oldest person ever captured on film. Yeah, yeah. Wow, is that the same person? Yeah, same person. Holy hell. Well, technically, there's been so many freaking years that the the atoms are completely different from one to the other. Oh, dude, you're blowing my mind right now. Yes, yes. I've learned about atoms. Oh, man, those... 
hectic. It's epic stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were there were parts of this movie where I I, I did start to zone out a little mm. bit. Anytime it got away from the Invisible Man yeah. and went back to the manor with the scientists and his, his fiance and all, and all that shit. talking. It was like watching a, a play. Yeah. So much so that like, there's actually a tracking shot where it starts in one room, mm. a character begins to leave it, the camera tracks with them and then goes, they go through a door and we follow them like, yeah. through the wall. Yeah. And it's just so obviously just a set. Yeah. It doesn't, they haven't even tried to make it, well, they obviously did try yeah, to make it tried. look like two rooms. Yeah. But to us, who are very cinema literate, yeah. it's clearly just a set. Yeah. And I just got fully taken out of the moment in that in that bit there. I'm like, oh man, I'm just watching some shit. Yeah. 1930s fucking play. And there's like a, a charm to it, but then like those scenes without the Invisible Man, because I think that's where, the thing that's exciting about this movie is like this huge like camp horror aesthetic mm. that James Well basically invented where it's like it's funny it's cheeky the stakes are all over the place yeah and like there's moments in this where like there's police busting the invisible man <laughs> and he's like naked in his hotel room and then he opens the window pretends to jump out and then he's like you think I'm such a skis to jump out the window like a common crook <laughs> uh, that bit was my favourite part of the movie when mm. they he starts revealing himself to the cops mm. by undoing the bandages <clears throat> on his face it looks cool. Yeah. He's still wearing the suit. He's undoing the bandages and like we can see that yeah. they're coming off of nothing. Yeah. Very cool looking thing. The main cop runs downstairs and tells the old lady. Yeah. She's like, he's an invisible man. If he gets the rest of his clothes off, we're in big trouble. <laughs> and then runs back up. That's the first time you clue in in your head. So he's naked. Of yeah. course he's naked. I he's guess. naked. I guess he's naked. And then when he comes up, back up into the room, invisible man is now just wearing a shirt. Yeah. And he's, he's Winnie the Pooing it right he's now. He's Winnie the Pooing it. <laughs> he's Winnie the Pooing he's it. He's full fucking Donald Ducking up there. And you can see the sleeve of his hand going down just to where the shirt ends and moving forwards and backwards <laughs> in a very taunting <laughs> manner. And it's like, shit, this guy's just like got his balls and like butthole <laughs> his out. balls, butthole, and maybe his pee too. <laughs> like just getting naked in front of these cops as a way of like getting away from them and mm. stuff. And then this is when the... <laughs> Just imagine this slick naked man running around <laughs> pushing these cops out of and the way. And that's when you get to see like your classic, what you picture for Invisible Man mm. shit, which is like he's choking people, but yeah. you can't see him. He's picking yeah. things up and throwing it at them and, and stuff like that. And then he leaves and goes through the town and it's just mischief. It's literally just he steals a bike. They've yeah. clearly figured out all the effects they mm. can do. Yeah. And just filmed them. And we then, can make a bike ride by itself. Yeah, and they're like, all right, we'll just make it that he steals a bike. So mm -hmm. you see the bike get taken out of a little boy's hand, and then you hear Claude Rains' voice go, I'm going to take your bike. <laughs> and there's a moment where you hear him go, oh, which you assume he's sat on the chair <laughs> wrong because he's naked. <laughs> oh, I sat on myself. Oh, goodness, that feels incredible. And then he uh, he gets rid of the bike. So you see the bike get thrown in the crowd. Yeah. And they've just got Claude Rains' voice go, I don't need this bike anymore. <laughs> and he throws it at them. And then, yeah, sprints around town, knocking people over, mm -hmm. smashing windows, stuff like that. That's all really fun to watch. Yeah, because just like, this is what I paid my entry fee for, is to see yeah. this invisible guy cause havoc and a nuisance. I kind of could have done with a little more of that. Yeah, How if it was it just sketches. Again? He gets if, into a... If he made a jackass movie <laughs> yeah. from the Invisible Man. Well, he dies. They sh he go That's right. He, a he also kills his former mentor. Another really funny scene <laughs> where he's like, he's got his former mentor who is like the father of his fiance in the car. Is that what it is? Yeah. I can yeah. never figure out the relationships to yeah, people in these movies. Yeah, he's mentor and he's dating the guy's daughter. Yeah, he's dating engaged her. He's hooking up with her at least. It's like actually the dream. Yeah. Exactly, to be taught by one man and to teach his family other things, <laughs> such as doggy. Claude Rains invented doggy. <laughs> uh, but uh, he's he's got him in a car, and he just he tells him the entire plan of how he's going to kill him. Where he's like, "I'm going to put this car into." into speed one and then I'm going to leave the car it's going to run off over a cliff and it's going to tumble a few times and then it's going to land on its ass and it's going to explode with you in it how delightful B 
barely exaggerating. That's almost yeah. word for word yeah. for him telling him the plan. Yeah. And then he does it and you see this cool car explosion <laughs> and you're like, wow, that was sick. Yeah. And then the police catch him. They gun him down in the snow. Uh, but he's slowly dying and as he's dying, becomes more visible. Mm. And there's this great moment where we're putting into play those effects that we talked about earlier of why they put him, they cast his face, why they cast uh, his image so they could make these different versions of his his skeleton, his muscle, his skin, and like so it can kind of come back. And that's the first time you ever see Claude Rains in his American screen debut, mm. the last shot of the movie. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's a great moment where it's, he's dying with his fiance and just seeing his him kind of come back. And that's like a staple in the sequels to this movie. The sequels, uh, they do it, they get better tech in some of them, but also the budgets are not as big. So mm. there's the sequel, which is. Uh, the Invisible Man Returns, which is similar, similar, similar kind of story, similar ending with him dying and then coming back up that and mm. coming, becoming visible again. Uh, but that is The Invisible Man Returns, new story, new characters. And it's about a man who's on the run for murder and then becomes <clears throat> invisible to, as a way mm. to kind of get away. Is with it in it. any way related to this movie? Uh, in concept alone, it's still H. G. Wells' The Invisible Man, but mm. it's not. Oh, it's, so it's a remake. It's not characters, but it came out like, what, one year later or something. <laughs> so it's similar, but not the same characters. Slightly uh-huh. different storyline. Uh, similar mischief. Probably a little bit less funny, I would say. Mm. More on the darker side. Then the next one uh, in 1940 is The Invisible Woman, which is more a comedy. Like, it's actually an out-and-out comedy, basically, where this uh, there's someone that advertises, like, uh, I need people to experiment on it. And this woman comes in and she's like a model. And then she's like trying to model, but she's gone, no, you can't see her. It's just the clothes. <laughs> so it's like pretty funny. Then after that, this one's really interesting. I think 1942, it's the invisible agent. So it's about hmm. like getting people, an invisible man behind enemy lines. And you see him like paragliding into like, uh, into like Germany. And he's like, as he's paragliding, he's becoming invisible. And you just see him paragliding and taking his clothes off. <laughs> so he's, as he's becoming invisible, becoming more naked. And then he lands behind enemy lines. And, um, oh, this sounds awful. Then there's also the invisible man's revenge, which is like nothing. It's just whatever. Don't sure. even know. Don't don't even know what that one this is. This is like what Lee when I was talking about. Mm. I've seen him talk about his new one where he said they yeah. just the idea alone of invisibility and someone becoming a maniac as yeah. a result of it is terrifying. Yeah. But then through all the countless remakes and reboots yeah. of it, it just became like farce essentially. Yes. It just became like how many things can we get floating? Um yeah. How many scenes of bandages being undone can we get taken off and all yeah. that kind of shit? So I kind of like that with this new one, it's gone back to, I guess, the bare bones. It's even, yeah. it's not comparable to the one that we just watched. No. Um, it's so different. In, you, you can't in, even compare it. No, you can't even compare it. I think it's like the brilliant idea of how, like, Lee Winnell looking at it, like, how can we do this again? Sure, but I mean, but at its core, it is about a maniac who is invisible. Yeah. So that's where, that's where it lies. Causing a muck. What do we think this Dark Universe mm. Johnny Depp one was going to be like? Because all we really know is that photo, that iconic Dark Universe <laughs> photo where none of these people are in the same room. Tom Cruise, Sevilla Butella, Javier Bardem, who was meant to play Frankenstein's monster, I mm-hmm. believe. Yeah. Uh, Russell Crowe played uh, Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Henry Jekyll. And I think he and played buddy, um... a guy. Yeah. Eddie Hyde. Eddie Hyde. Who was a... He's a normal Englishman, much like Russell Crowe, who transforms into a scary Cockney man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Turns into a football hooligan. <laughs> he turns into a Green Street hooligan. <laughs> Oi! Let me have a fucking free goal! Let me have a goal! That was one of the most bizarre things about the mummy. And I know we've talked about it a lot, but yeah. he, his physical appearance didn't fucking change at all. Exactly. He didn't change at <laughs> he all. Just he just rolled his sleeves up. And he went a bit grey. <laughs> he just went a little bit greyer. <laughs> I think that the Johnny Depp was going through this phase of all these projects that did not eventuate that mm. were all similar to this. Like all of that fucking Mordecai shit where it's like he's playing an eccentric man in like causing a mischief or a muck or in this kind of like, but then also like doing these things that kind of like in this classical mode that he wanted to do where this was one of them, the Invisible Man. There was a while where he was attached to 
and he might still be attached to it, but I don't think the project will ever eventuate. But do you know Kolchak? No. Kolchak the Night Stalker? No. It was like this TV series that's very good from the 70s. That's like the proto-X-Files, where it's about this slubby detective guy, Kolchak, mm. and who is... Uh, he investigates supernatural stuff hmm. like vampires and stuff it's a sick show it was very cool very influential and then Johnny Depp for many years had wanted to make that a film and so for a long time it was him and Edgar Wright attached to write and direct it hmm. and so I think that he's he loves like this classic monster stuff and the Invisible Man is the one that you can kind of imagine him in I guess could I, never imagine I him as Kolchak so. but then it's like Invisible Man, I'm like, I, what would they do? I can't imagine... Well, we saw The Mummy, we know the tone that they were going for, yeah. which was literally, they were calling it the UMU, right? The yeah. Universal Monsters Universe. I thought it was called Dark Universe. The Dark Universe. Yeah. They wanted it to TDM. be... TDM. They wanted it to be the universal answer to the superhero franchises yeah. that were going around. The Mummy, tonally, was not a horror movie, right? No, it had like horror elements, action. but it's an action movie. And the horror elements are what work. Yeah, in that film, yeah, the yeah, action yeah. stuff is what doesn't. It's work. just horribly miscast. Like yeah. if they, you know, it just Tom Cruise is a good actor, yeah. but he cannot. I can't ever see him in a horror movie. Yeah, unless he's playing literally the vampire from yeah interview with a vampire. Yeah, but um, I think it would have been because it would have been the third movie in this franchise. Mm, I after reckon after Bill Condon doing a remake of the. Bride of Frankenstein, which yeah. I would imagine was just be classical, because he also directed the James Whale movie. But it would have been set in modern day. Do you think? Yeah, all of these, Yuck. all of these movies would have been set in modern day. So I think we'd be looking at a technological Invisible Man, where he's mm-hmm. playing a scientist who is working on technology at to make prodigium. himself. Yeah, he's at an prodigium. intern at Prodigium. Johnny Depp's playing a twenty-three-year-old like he always does. And I reckon we'd have Tom Cruise in it. Yeah. And I reckon we'd have we definitely have Russell Crowe in it. Mm. And it would be like a because it's the third movie in this fucking franchise. Yeah. It would have been like a team-up movie. Do you think they would be teaming up? They'd already be teaming at that up. Point? They'd be starting to team up. They were rushing shit. Remember yeah. they they already were setting up. The idea that there was a swamp monster in yeah, they've the got mummy. the black lagoon. They've got like a a claw of his or something Ugh. in it. They would have been going full full fucking team up by this point. Because I and this and, is the one where I can't imagine it working in any other context apart from what Lee Winnell has done with it, mm. which is like invent this very almost like a 1990s film where it's like the last era of a mainstream adults thriller mm. with a slight sci-fi element mm. to it uh, where it's more it's got more in common with like fucking Dead Calm and Gone Girl and movies like that yeah. than it does with classic universal monster movies yeah very true yeah Lee's one is like a relationship thriller mm. or a relationship horror yeah. where it's you know um, about people yeah. It, people like, torturing people. People torturing people. It's not... It doesn't feel supernatural in any way. Yeah. Whereas, I feel like this universe... Maybe it wouldn't have been technological. Maybe it would have been like some fucking curse that gets put on him. Because yeah. we've already got mummies and shit in here. Or so. serum, because yeah, it's like... I know. I reckon it would be going back to serum, because I know that... Uh, that uh, Russell Crowe before he was transforming had to like take <laughs> That's serums. Right. And he stuff. had these little serum shots that stop him from becoming Eddie, right? Yeah, maybe they're like he's. I could imagine it going more HG Wells, where it's like he's a scientist that's a bit mad, eccentric, that mm. wants to. Uh, he, he want, he's like the Invisible Man can do anything. No one can stop the Invisible Man. So it's like him trying to get power, which is yeah, false yeah, yeah. logic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? The Invisible Man's going to become fucking president? Well, that's Can't what even they, see him. That's what this guy in our version is. He's like, I'm yeah. going to become the most powerful man yeah. in the world. And, it's, and like, it's like, maybe people can still touch you and shit. You're not yeah. like a ghost. Dude, we can see the turds can, forming in your yeah. tract, bro. We are absolutely not intimidated by you. We can see you have diarrhea floating around. We can see that you're eating Big Macs, bro. We're not intimidated by you. We can see your diet. It sucks. Yeah. You're, you're probably you're invisible, but bro, you're fat fuck. Yeah, you're we can fat see fuck. It. We're seeing fucking secret sauce. Yeah, mayonnaise, mayonnaise. You got to ma- you do you drink mayonnaise? Bro. Yeah, you're drinking gravy on the reg. <laughs> and you're this fat fella. You're a fat fella in there eating a fillet of fish, bro. <laughs> I think it would have been awful. Yeah. this dark universe one. I'm so glad we didn't get to see it. Yeah. It would have been funny. Out of curiosity, maybe, It would have been so funny to see this franchise Mm. 
play out, but also thank fuck. Because then we, we wouldn't have gotten the version that we got. Yeah, and I remember us, in the lead up to this new Lee Winnell version, the excitement of us doing that mummy episode and finding out the new direction mm. of Whoa. the new direction of the invisible man <laughs> because that's how he can remain Whoa, invisible okay. yeah he's got a new direction <laughs> but the new erection ah uh, sorry new <laughs> direction of uh the way that the universal monster properties are going to be taken with uh Jason Blum from Blumhouse who mm. is like the producer of all these great modern horror movies that have like a filmmaker focus like Get Out and uh, the M. Night Shyamalan movies like Split and stuff. He also produced like Paranormal Activity and that was his mm-hmm. big franchise. Uh, they have a filmmaker focus, but then also there is an undercurrent of social relevance like films like The Purge, mm. that franchise as well as Jason Blum. And uh, having a filmmaker focus on these movies and not having them have to connect in this way, but just kind of like bringing these properties into the 21st century, maybe not in their contemporaryness. Like this one is very contemporary, but I can imagine like if they do Frankenstein again, I don't want Frankenstein in a modern day. I just want it back in the old days. I wonder if they'll... Uh, yeah, because when it was announced that they were redoing these monster movies, I was excited, but I also I don't think they're going to try and connect them, right? Mm, I don't so, think so. So we could get a classical one. Yeah, which is something that's interesting to me is like to take it back to the classics mm. in a way because I I think, but also like to have that Jason Blum ness of it being like having social currency is something Mm. that i find interesting Mm. and this film especially has a lot of like uh, it's got not deep themes but it has like the thematic element of it being about trauma of it being about abuse about it being gaslighting to make it feel like a kind of a relevant thriller for the night for the 21st century Mm -hmm. and for the 90s and for the 90s that literally does feel like (laughs) movies like basic instinct and stuff like that or what lies beneath what uh, absolutely a what Mm. lies beneath where it's like that's what came to mind for me when i was yes like i love that adult thriller i miss that era of adult thrillers that's why when we went i was like ham's gonna love this yeah because i had already seen it once and then we had to go they gave us another screening and i was like okay cam is as up your alley (laughs) Uh, so that's going to be next week. We're going to be talking about The Invisible Man uh, in cinemas now next week. If you haven't seen it yet, I would say check it out. It's in cinemas right now. Uh, if it sounds like us talking about it, if that sounds up your alley, I think you'll enjoy it. Uh, if not, we're going to be releasing it next week, regardless of you seeing it or not, okay? It's not about you. It's about <laughs> us. Also, if you don't feel like watching the 1933 Invisible Man, fair enough. Mm-hmm. I would recommend watching it. But if you don't want to, you can watch... Hotel Transylvania 123, which yes. has David Spade playing the Invisible Man. And he is cheeky, because this character is basically Dennis Finch. Yeah, he's like... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and the, David Spade's Invisible Man, he feels always looked over. Yeah. He feels like people keep ignoring him. Yeah. You know, very David Spade. Very, very David very Spade stuff. Or you can watch Memoirs of an Invisible Man starring Chevy Chase as the Invisible Man. Directed by John Carpenter. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it, but I might catch up with it in time for our final episode of this f- series, which is a little offshoot inspired by H.G. Wells Invisible Man. It is a 1990s thriller mm-hmm. uh, starring Kevin Bacon as the Hollow Man. Yeah. I've never seen this movie. Me Have you neither. seen it? Me neither. It always seemed really scary yeah, to me. Yeah, I remember seeing the trailer and being terrified. Yeah, and I, th- I'm excited to watch that. Directed by the great Paul Verhoeven, not the podcaster, the director <laughs> from Europe <laughs> of Robocop. <laughs> Uh, so catch up with those in the meantime you can head over to patreon.com slash total reboot and sign up for just five bucks a month to get access to a fabulous Facebook community where we talk about movies all the time there's great discussion threads going on uh, where we talk about what we've been watching with all of you guys and it's a great way to kind of keep in contact with uh, this great community that uh, love freaking movies films TV pop culture everything and to those of you that support us there thank you very much and uh, you keep the freaking wheels moving on this 
car. You keep the lights on here at Blu-ray Studios and you keep the Blu-ray players on. They're always on. They're always on. We're always watching. <laughs> and you also, with that five bucks a month, you get access to our entire new bonus podcast from Cameron and I called Total Respect where we pick an actor that we love and talk about some of their most iconic roles. They're basically like mini mic checks is what I'd say. Yeah, they're mini mics. Mini mics. Mike's minis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you can also follow Cameron on Twitter and Instagram at I am Cameron James. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at This Is Alexi. And that's a good place to find out what Cameron's up to, such as. I am going to be in Brisbane for the Brisbane Comedy Festival, March 13 to 15. I'm doing a show with Becky Lucas. It's called Is This Art? And, and bitch, let me tell you, uh, it is. It might be art, or I it think might it be is. absolute bullcrap. <laughs> either way, it's going to be full of laughs. It'll be funny. We're, we're up on stage together. We riff, we do jokes, we do crowd work, we bring special guests on, such as Nick Cody and Edmund, the whole gang. Um, and then we're doing the exact same show in Melbourne mm-hmm. for the Melbourne Comedy Festival every Friday and Saturday night. So that is, uh, you know, from March 27 through till I think it's April, end of April, April 18 or something uh-huh. like that. And we're doing the same show again in Sydney for the Sydney Comedy Festival at the end of April. Awesome. So come. I'm not doing any solo shows this year because I was too flat out with work and shit like that. Well, you didn't need to make excuses to the well, listeners. <laughs> they need to know that I work my little ass off and I decided to give myself a break by only doing all the festivals. Yeah, by doing all the festivals every weekend, having no free time. <laughs> but, but at least it's not an hour of me. It's an hour of me with a friend. So yeah. it'll be fun. Come and, and check them Cameron out. Cameron and Becky are so freaking funny together. And especially, go see it multiple times because it's going to be different It'll every time. It'll be different time. every time. It'll be very different every time. So come, very bring your different. friends, bring your family. Unless they're freaking old. Because as you know, I hate old movies. I hate old people. Yeah. The Greatest Generation. And Nee, thank you. Nee, thank you. Greatest Generation hasn't even been born yet. Yes. And I can't wait to freaking get to know them one day. <laughs> Swarmer. By Todd Noy. Read by me, Dr. Robert A. Wallace. An immersive audio experience. The greatest audiobook ever told. Feel the swarm now at thenoyestate.com. 